Hi, this is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. And like you, I'm continuing my preparation for Easter. And I might have a heart fully changed. Oh, not completely changed, but evolving and changing as we celebrate this amazing time of the loss of our Savior to the cross for our sins and the resurrection, which brings us hope and joy. I often speak of the heroes of my faith, and one of them is Elizabeth Elliot. And I I want to um, read you a paragraph or two from a book that she compiled. And actually, it came about because of her newsletters. She used to write a newsletter. I am no idea what year she started writing those. I have a collection of them. And she decided that she was going to take excerpts from those newsletters and make them short readings. It's one of my favorite books of hers because it gives you such a rich understanding of who she is. And they called it Keep a Quiet Heart. Well, you know, we're into hearts these days. If you haven't been around, just look back at the archives. If you're new to us, welcome, welcome, welcome. But we've been talking about a changed heart from a phrase in a song that I've been carrying around the last 10 or 12 years. Lord, this time change my heart. Thank you, audience, for helping me fulfill the desire to find that song this year. But Elizabeth spoke often of a quiet heart, and she was a quiet, contemplative person. And I remember when I first met her, my pushback with her, because she was more an introvert. Not more an introvert, she was an introvert. And she was very good with people because she was around people, but she preferred her introversion. And um, because of that, she was able to write a lot, and we are all the glad recipients of it. But I am not an introvert. So don't tell me I should have a quiet heart. And I'll be sassy back to her. I'm afraid I was sassy back to her. But she began to bring me along about the need for quiet and the need for uh, quieting myself before him, the need for being a less talker and more a listener, then, oh, it just progressed and progressed and progressed. And if she does see me in heaven looking down at me, I know she's quite pleased, has a smile on her face for the days and times that I am quiet with the Lord. She was certainly an inspiration to that. So in the introduction of this book called Keep a Quiet Heart, she writes, One rainy afternoon at Wheaton College in 1947, my friend Sarah Spiro and I were at the piano in Williston Hall. I'd written down a few lines of prayer, which I hoped was poetry. Sarah studied them for a minute and then set them to music. And she writes, I have a copy of the music, but here are the words. Now, this book was compiled in 1995. And I want you to know that I'm not sure I've ever told anyone this, but in some of Elizabeth's papers, which she gave to me to look at, to read, to enjoy, I found the second stanza. So in this book, she says, I have a copy of the music, but here are the words, four lines, and then I'm going to give you four more lines that are not in the book, but were in her private papers. Lord, give me a quiet heart that does not ask to understand but confidence steps forward in the darkness guided by your hand. Second stanza. Help me to wait on thee, my Lord, this feverish, wavering doubt remove, 
by willful turbulent spirit still, a captive to thy perfect love. A quiet heart makes us captive to his perfect love. We haven't done a lesson on perfect love, but perfect love is living in Jesus. Quiet heart. What does it mean to have a quiet heart? Now, you know, we've been talking about finding a quiet place for retreat and silence. We know that silence and solitude are disciplines of the faith. But in America, the 21st century, what am I thinking? Quiet what? What is quiet? Where is it quiet? What we have to do to get in the studio to be quiet is disconnect phones, computers, turn cell phones off, put put notes on the doors saying don't come in. Life is a busy place. The doorbells ring. There's always something going on. Traffic. And then we have all these pieces of equipment and ear pods that allow us to hear at full blare what nobody else can hear. But it also means that you can't hear me if I'm honking the horn about to have an accident. You can't hear me because you have your earphones in. I know they're banning them in some states. Computers that sing and talk and dance. I even have a calculator who gives me the answer out loud. And I, I'm just amazed. So what is a quiet heart? So a thought, a few thoughts about a quiet heart. A sanctuary frame of mind. A sanctuary frame of mind contributes to a quiet heart. Now, I don't know about you, but some of our churches no longer have a sanctuary frame of mind. But some churches you go into, they are quiet for 15 minutes before church begins. There's no talking and there's no running and you don't go on the altar. and you, they're just There's none of that. But maybe you're going to be the person who starts that at your church. I remember very clearly in a small congregation that my husband and I were part of many years ago that I went down to the second or third row and bent my head down, closed my eyes, put my hands on top of my Bible. And I mean to tell you, even with that, I was interrupted. But people knew that I was not there to talk to them because I wanted to have some quiet before church began before worship time began. A sanctuary frame of mind or continuous communion contributes to a quiet heart. Are you constantly communing? Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Are you asking him questions? Are you shutting out the outside noise that will give you a quiet heart? A quiet heart is found in a pure heart, and we just recently talked about what a pure heart was. I think it's easy to play the freeze frame game. And I so wish I could do that when I'm in a room with people I love. I look all around the room and I think I want to talk to her and I want to talk to him and I want to talk to them. And I want everybody to play the freeze frame. Okay, quiet everybody while I talk to this person. And then I'll put her on freeze frame and I'll go and talk to the next person, which means I don't miss anything. That's what that's all about. But a quiet place can be found in the midst of the loudest noise around us because it is his peace and that brings us a quiet heart, a quiet heart. The disciplines of the heart, the disciplines of our life in faith, bring about some necessary quiet and, and solitude. It brings us to prayer, which is God and you, not others. It brings us to reading. It brings us to reading the Bible aloud, so that we can't have any other voices conflicting with it. And most of you remember Jesus asleep in the boat account. 
and um, you don't know this about me, I very seldom mention it, but I have bed ethics. And when my husband and I were first married, he had none, I say none. He could eat a cracker in bed. Oh my goodness, nobody eats a cracker in bed, I say. He said, oh yes, they do, and they have a glass of coffee, and they have a no eating in bed, I say, and on and on, and the sheets of a certain, and how tight, and the pillow, and bed ethics make you crazy. I have much less of them these days. But this picture of Jesus on a boat in a storm with something crunched up over his head, I'm not sure he has a pillow. I carry my pillow with me for crying out loud. And there is Jesus. You know, you've, if you've been there, you see you, this, these boats were small. There, there was no place for sitting and awnings. We call boats today. These were little wooden fishing boats. And they had gone out in the Sea of Galilee. It's not very big, and when a storm comes up, which they still regularly do, it can be ferocious. And that's what happened. And the disciples are watching him sleep. I love that. I just think that picture says it all. He's not worried. He has a quiet heart. Why is he not worried? Because his confidence is in God, his Father. And I want to say to you that he doesn't become fearful. He, his Father is confident nothing will, nothing will falter in this case. He has the same confidence and he gives you the same confidence in the Trinity, in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Your confidence is not in yourself. It's not in what you can do. It's not in the world you live in. It's not in the stuff you own. It's not in your reputation. Your confidence is in the peace that your Father, my Father, has given us when he comes to live in us. I talked about yielding and surrendering a few days ago I am a stubborn-willed woman, and I'm sorry to admit to it. Less stubborn-willed, I will say, but still stubborn-willed. And surrendering is never easy. And then I read this surrendered mind is not one that is no longer operating. It is rather a mind freed from rebellion and opposition to be Christ's captive. Oh, I think I always thought when I surrendered my mind, I surrendered myself, I had to surrender my mind, I couldn't think about anything. The storm came and he slept. That was about Jesus. Okay, think of all the places that Jesus came and helped, from little David and the big giant to my dear Aunt Pat, who lived with a very, very difficult, impossible, harsh, hard wounding man physically and emotionally. Think about Corrie Tim Boom and her sister and her father in the concentration camps and the millions of others. How did they keep a quiet heart in the midst of a concentration camp? And yet we know that they did. And we know that dear Corrie said, there is no pit that God is not deeper still. That is how you have a quiet heart. You believe that the storm can come, but the boat will not sink. You believe that he is confident to do all things in and through you, that he and his Father love and care about you. You believe what the psalmist says in Psalm 147, verses 3 and 4, and I am turning my page to there, 147, verses 3. 
He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up the wounds. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up the wounds. He determines the number of stars and he gives them all names. This is our God. This is the God who calls us to surrender ourselves to him. This is not a puny little weak, weakling sister. This is a God who has done it all, can do it all. Where is my confidence? Is my confidence in him or do I try to put my confidence in other things? And when I do, I wind up being afraid. I feel scattered. I get noisier and louder and it starts with my house. My heart gets noisier. My heart gets noisier. Well, I do. What should I do? What about if? What? Maybe I should do this. And if I go there and all that noise is because I'm not listening to the confident God who wants to tell me what to do next. And then when that noisy heart gets run loose, it turns into a noisy home. A noisy home. And I called this lesson, A Quiet Heart and a Peaceful Home. If you've never heard me say that you are the thermostat in your family, you're not the thermometer. You do not set yourself in the middle and say, oh, it's hot and it registers hot. No, you set yourself in the middle of it and turn the thermostat and register peace and peacefulness. My husband and I were just last night at dinner talking sweet dinner we had, just the two of us. And he was saying, I love the fact that you've always been the thermostat. And I love that I understood how important it was that you set the thermostat in our home. Ah, golden words to my ears. A quiet heart will make a quiet home much more possible. Remember, while quietness, the absence of noise, is a part of this quiet home, it's not shutting people out and making people sit down and be quiet. It's about your confidence in Christ that's passed on to the family. They know that Jesus is present. They know that their strong mother is there. Are you in charge of the children? Are you in charge of helping plant God into their lives? Are you in charge of the unruly children who you are training to be ruly? And you've heard me say this many times, an unruly mother only produces unruly children. Take charge. Don't be a slave to your children. Be a servant. Teach them to find their confidence in God. So I have a few very practical things, just very quickly. Teach verbal authority. Show and tell. Show more than you tell. Be consistent. Find a few things and go for it. Be consistent. Love through sacrifice. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments, Jesus said. Be honest. And in honesty, you will punish and correct accordingly. Be principled. Be principled. One of my principles is honesty. Another one is neatness. How about punctuality? How about working hard? Go to church. Go to church. I tell you go to church. I don't tell you where to go to church, but I tell you if you want to have a quiet, peaceful home, go to church. Practice invisible order at the core, at the core of who you are. And if you were in my studio, I would have my fist right here in the middle of my, my chest. 
that visible order is God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That trinity lives here at my core. Pray and read the Bible regularly. And do it out loud to your family. A quiet heart. Lord, give me a quiet heart that does not ask to understand, but confident steps forward in the darkness guided by their hand. Thank you, Elizabeth, for those powerful words and for this wonderful book, Keep a Quiet Heart. I am Donna Otto. This is Modern Homemakers. Thank you for joining us. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and look for your quiet heart.